right. Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist podcast. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke wanting to educate and enlighten others on mental health issues. So last episode in episode four, we talked about or I had we had Shanette tell a story of her time when she was a social worker on the Ute Mountain Ute Indian Reservation. Right. Yes. Several stories. Yes. Several stories. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was fun. That was a fun way to break it up. And we had kind of mentioned um, wanting to jump into anxiety on this episode, but we have a listener question that got emailed in that we're kind of wanting to address and see if we can give some insight and help out. And I think you, everyone else will find it kind of interesting too. Yeah, I do too. It's actually um, kind of falls along the lines of something that I see off and on in counseling. So I think it'll be interesting to address. But before we get started doing this, we need to talk about our disclaimer, especially since we're going to try and answer some questions brought up by this um, email that was sent in, that this is not a therapy session. This does not in any way form a contract between me as a therapist and you as a listener. If any of this fits or hits home, again, I strongly recommend that you seek counseling on your own. How's that? that cover the disclaimer? I would assume so. All right. Okay, so we received this email, and um, it's from a listener. We will call her Karen. Yes, Karen, Mm -hmm. uh, a Karen. And I think probably what I'll do is just actually just read the email and then the listeners can kind of get an idea of what, what she actually said. So it starts out ultimate pocket therapist. You mentioned that listeners could send in questions or comments. I was wondering if my situation is something you might be able to talk about. I would really love some ideas on what to do. I am a 34-year-old mother of three. I have been married for 12 years. I am a stay-at-home mom. My husband has a very good job. We are not rich, but do not struggle for money and are careful with our budget. Over the years, it seems that the kids and I are constantly walking on eggshells. I never know what kind of mood he will be in. Everything is my fault or the kid's fault. If he can't find his wallet, it's my fault. He is critical of almost everything I do. I gained a little weight with the kids, and he will make comments about other women's weight and how thin they are and how nice they look. If I spend money, he is mad. He can go out golfing every week with his work friends, go to basketball games, and it's not a problem. But if I spend money, it's the third degree. In the past, I have tried to talk to him, but somehow it gets turned around to be my fault and I end up apologizing. I have brought up going to marriage counseling, but he gets mad and says it's a waste of money and he doesn't believe in it. I have wanted to go by myself, but he will not allow that and puts me down for thinking about it. I know my self-confidence is gone. I know a lot of it is probably my fault, but not all of it. Any ideas? Wow. I know. There we go. Yeah, that sounds a little intense for sure. Sets kind of a, sets the stage. So 
for you listening to that email, me read the email, what pops up for you? What's the first thing that you think about when you just, you know, I'm sure that's just a brief insight, obviously, into the whole situation. But what do you think about? Um, definitely a controlling issue. Um, I would, that husband's definitely controlling. Yeah. Um, being raised by a therapist, I would also say he seems very narcissistic. Do you, you ever learn that word? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the everyday person may not throw that one out there, but I certainly did. Um, that was honestly one of the thir- first thoughts that came to my mind was, was the yeah. controlling narcissist. And I think she's, she seems like she comes off as a very quiet individual that maybe, uh, what's the word code? Codependency? Codependent. Yeah. yeah meaning yeah. that she just kind of backs down, maybe. Yeah. Little. Doesn't have much of a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't sound like a very comfortable environment. No. No. So, you know, it's interesting. You, I, I see similar things to this in counseling a lot at all ages. Okay. I've got clients that have come in that have been married for 25 years and find themselves in kind of a similar situation as that, as well as clients that have only been married just a few years. But you're right. Kind of the first thing that pops up for me is that, you know, he might be a little bit narcissistic. We wouldn't know that until we got, you know, into it deeper or uh, obviously some control issues going on. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, would it be good to talk about narcissism and codependency? It kind of fits this model maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. So narcissism, there's all levels of narcissism and there's actually a personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder that we see again, diagnostic criteria in the DSM-5. But with narcissism, whether it's male or female, they always tend to be right. It is their way or the highway. And anytime you disagree with them or do anything that is perceived as a criticism, then you get some kind of reaction. And as long as everything goes their way, as long as you're putting into their narcissistic bucket, everything is great. So I have my clients kind of visualize kind of this empty bucket And as long as everyone around them is putting into their bucket all the time, things are great. But anything that takes out of the bucket, that can be a difference of an opinion. It can be sometimes even a look. Mm -hmm. I had a client tell me a while ago that years ago she was driving. She's now divorced, but years ago she was driving with her husband and they went to go around a corner and his glass of soda was going to tip and she went up to grab the glass of soda to keep it from tipping and he came unglued. How dare she touch his glass of soda? <laughs> like, you know, and obvious, like, because I don't want it spilling all over the truck, you mm-hmm. know, but that set him into, it's like she couldn't even catch the glass of soda right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of extreme, but that is what I hear yeah. in, in clients. So we see a lot of times with narcissism, again, it's their way or the highway. And no matter what they do, it's fine. But anything you do can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can figure out a way to twist it into being their idea, 
it yeah. will go over very well. Mm-hmm. But you could come up with that same idea and it's going to be a problem. And yeah. 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 And when, when someone describes to me um, that they feel like they're walking on eggshells, that's that person that is in a situation where they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do, it's not right, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the example that she brought up of if he loses his wallet, it's her fault. Yeah. They just get blamed for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing that we see with that codependency narcissist part. And it's real interesting. What I have found, I don't know, you know, how often like statistically this happens, but I find people kind of like if you're codependent, oftentimes you end up in a controlling relationship with someone who is narcissistic because I think honestly, codependent people and narcissistic people kind of end up kind of blending well Mm -hmm. together because I think if you found two narcissistic people, they would like kill each other before they ever got married Mm -hmm. or it would be one of those marriages from hell where Mm -hmm. they fight about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So codependency, what do you think of when you think of codependency? Cause there's like a hundred definitions for codependency. Mine, my main thought with that is, um, people pleaser, you know, just Mm -hmm. that person that is, Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. You're right. Like that's always been my my thought with codependency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of passive maybe. Yeah, yeah, passive. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So codependency is really interesting because codependency is not a personality disorder. We don't find it in the diagnostic criteria, but it's kind of believed to be learned. Mm, and sometimes okay. we learn it when we're very young as a survival tool growing up in a home where we might have controlling or abusive parents, um, people can be codependent in one situation and not codependent in other situations. Like I have known people who were like amazing and dynamos in the business world and behind closed doors, very codependent in an interpersonal relationship. Oh, so like a involuntarily turn it on and off mm-hmm. without realizing Depending you're turning on the it. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it is. So with codependency, we usually do just what you said, not, not real assertive. We don't have a voice. Um, we do tend to take on accountability for things that really we're not responsible for. We apologize for things we didn't do Mm -hmm. just to make peace. So when I'm working with a client and we're talking about codependency, I describe it as a codependent person is the fixer, the pleaser, and peace at all costs. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that they will just give in and not fight just to have peace. It's easier to just stop fighting than to try to fight because no matter how they fight, it gets turned around. It's always their fault. They end up apologizing for something they didn't do. And no matter what, you don't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things with narcissism that we see is people who are narcissistic have a horrible time taking accountability for any part of a problem. And they are masters of turning it around so Everything is everybody else's fault. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And if you would just change a little bit and you would do this different, you would lose weight, you would stop spending money, you would do this, you would do that, everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. And they do not see their part of the problem at all. Yeah. Just ask them. They don't have a problem. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can relate to this, um, just a memory, I guess, of stuff, but, um, that type of, you go to a narcissistic person with a problem that Mm -hmm. you need fixed. That is a issue going on. And by the end of the discussion, one, it turns into a fight that doesn't need to be fought. Right. That you didn't even have any intention of fighting. Okay. And you leave that fight that being blamed for the problem that you came to them with, I guess I'm trying to say, and it gets turned around on you. Yeah. It gets turned around on you. And so it's, uh, it's a pretty soon, actually that narcissistic person has that problem. You're doing it to them and you need to apologize. (laughs) Right. And so it's like you walk into that with just needing to have a discussion of like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. And you leave apologizing for making them feel that way. (laughs) Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It happens really fast. It happens without really even knowing that it's happening until later. Like even the next day and you're like, wait, what the hell is that? Right. I, that's not what it was about. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah. what? Yeah. Well, I always say narcissistic people have a gift. They can so eloquently turn stuff around not to be their fault. And it is amazing. And I have honestly sat with people that you can get confused. It's mm-hmm. like, really, is that how it was? That's not how I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And it can honestly get turned around well. You know, and I, I don't know. I tell clients that come in that maybe you're in a situation with someone narcissistic. I said, you know, it's a, it's an art form. I have no explanation of how Mm -hmm. they do it, but they're good at it. Yeah. And you can sit back later and dissect an entire conversation and it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, wait a what? Yeah. Yeah. So years ago I worked with a therapist and she was actually in um, in a relationship with someone who was very narcissistic, and she was open about it. She would always say, you know, this is a case study on narcissism and codependency, even though she was a therapist. <laughs> and um, she and her husband went to a therapist for marriage counseling. And the funny thing about it is, the therapist that they went to was an ex-nun. And what? Had, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and had left the nunnery. <laughs> the nunnery. <laughs> the nunnery. <laughs> I think well, that uh, is the technical term. <laughs> sure it is. I'm sure that's what they call it. Nunnery. Got it. The nunnery. And <laughs> I know. Okay, we're in trouble for that one. So anyway, and so she was kind of like a little bit hard on men. Okay. So... They would go, and this is, of course, you know, my my friend that was a therapist relaying this to me, but they would go to this therapy session, and, you know, 
by the end of it, this, this therapist had kind of backed him into a corner and sort of made him take accountability for some of his shit. I mean, it was like, no, we are not doing this. So she would explain that they often left the therapy session with his tail between his legs. Okay. Oh my gosh, that would be so funny to be a fly on that wall. Yeah, but wait a minute, it oh. didn't last. Oh, of so they would get home and about, oh, two, three hours after the therapy session, he would come down the stairs and he would say, hey, I've been thinking about this therapy session. And he would have actually had the entire thing reworked in his brain of what she really meant. Oh, geez. And it would honestly sound so good that it would confuse my friend that was a therapist. And so the next day we would be at work and I would say, so how did therapy go last night? And she would tell me the whole story of how it went and then how he would rework it. And it was amazing. And I would be the one that would go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, back the truck up. This is not what, but he could rework it so well that it had got turned around to not be his fault anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I just, like you said, it's an art. It, it really is. is. Yeah. And once you get to a point where you can step back from mm-hmm. whatever relationship that is that you have with a narcissistic person. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. It truly is like you yeah, got they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your brain got totally mm-hmm. scrambled. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. And so, one of the problems with codependent people is they get sometimes caught in these relationships with narcissistic people and they, they're governed by guilt. So, one of the things with, with codependent people is they honestly feel guilty. They feel guilty if they do. They feel guilty if they don't. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, all of those cliches, caught between a rock and a hard spot, that's how they feel. Mm -hmm. It's like no matter what they do, it's not right. And they're in trouble for everything. So what? We walk on eggshells, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't want to upset. And if we do, then it's our fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if it's not our fault, we get told it's our fault, and then it must be true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so this is actually kind of a dynamic that I see a lot mm-hmm. in counseling. Well, I've seen this a lot in just my own personal relationships with friends. Yep. Uh, this is oh, one of those too. dynamics that happens. Yeah. Sadly, it happens a lot. We see it a lot. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, I just don't want to beat up on men. I have had a lot of clients that have, it's been the opposite where mm-hmm. it's, the men are very, very passive and codependent and just cater to their wives and, and the wives are very controlling and very narcissistic and, you know, kind of, it's interesting because we, we call the women who are like, you know, queen bees, Mm -hmm. you know, and the men that are narcissistic, male chauvinist pigs, you know, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot between, you know, being a queen bee and being, you know, the ultimate bitch, so mm-hmm. to speak, and being narcissistic. And with the men, there's a lot between guys who are just male chauvinists and being narcissistic. Yeah. You know, there's a big spectrum here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think one thing you got to differentiate in your mind is that everybody's going to have codependent tendencies and everyone's going to have narcissistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. 
And it just depends on, again, what dynamic you're in in your life. You know, when I'm at a party with people that I don't know very well, I'm, I will put on a different front, more confident, outgoing, you know, mm-hmm. even though I am confident outgoing, I will turn these things up or down based off my situation. And mm-hmm. I think people do that too with their narcissistic tendencies, right? you know, yeah. and their codependent tendencies. Right. Well, that actually brings up a really good point because one of the things that we see with narcissism is that everybody in the community and oh, the yes. work love them. Yes. Like they present so well. They are the bell of the ball. They're funny. They're outgoing whatever. And then behind closed doors, it is a totally different dynamic. So the poor person behind the closed doors is with them. If they say anything, they get shut right down. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, I've never seen them act like that. And you know, that must be something you've just made up because that's not what I see at all. So they really have this unique ability to just be, um, you know, the center of attention, Mm-hmm. You know, charismatic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's another tendency towards them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one another thing that is brought up in this email that Karen wrote in is the money issue. Oh, yes. So many times we see money as a big conflict with these kind of relationships. It's like, I make all the money, you make nothing, you have no value. Even though you're a stay-at-home mom, you work your butt off for the house, the kids, whatever. They wouldn't be able to live a day in your shoes as being a mom. Yeah, right. But you you're know, but, valueless. Yeah. Right. But don't spend any of my money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a real hard, hard one. I see that a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. So what do you think Karen's options are? What do you think she should do then? Because <laughs> me... I'm, I have more of a blunt personality and I say, get a backbone, get yourself a plan B mm-hmm. and tell him he's going to therapy. He's changing these things or you're out and him being a narcissistic person might test you on that and say, okay, get out and have <laughs> your plan B and say, okay, bye. Or vice versa, you know, and not quite that dramatic, but that's, that's yeah. my tendency of like, tell him this stuff is being needs to be fixed, tell him this stuff needs to happen. And if he puts his foot down, puts you down and won't change, then okay, bye. But that's not a really a realistic (laughs) option (laughs) for fixing things. And I understand that. So let's go with a realistic option. A realistic. Yeah. So here's, here's a problem. And she didn't say this, um, in her email. So I'm just going to read between lines is oftentimes when people are in a situation similar to this, they feel really stuck, okay? They don't have a place to go. They don't have a job. They don't have a way to support themselves. They're pretty dependent on their spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have a plan B. And if you get shut down year after year after year, your confidence and your self-esteem and is in the gutter and probably, you know, my guess, some depression is there too, you mm-hmm. know. She didn't mention that, but that's, again, reading between the lines of, you know, maybe struggling with some depression. Well, I think it would be one of those things, how could she not be a little depressed yeah. while living like this? Yeah. Like, it would be really hard to not mm-hmm. have that be yeah. something that comes on with this. So from a therapeutic point of view... 
since that's what I do. Weird. Yeah, I know. Huh? So I would honestly, you know, I would work with this client in empowering her. We can't change him. He can only change him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what can we do to work on her? What changes can she make? Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that I try to teach clients is there's no right or wrong way to think or fail. You're entitled to your feelings. You're entitled to your thoughts. He can't tell you they're wrong. He can't tell you they're not valid. So we need to work on that Mm self-worth, that self-esteem. Okay. And again, I would, I would insist on going to counseling and finding a therapist at your insurance company, probably if he's got a good job, he's got insurance. Yeah. And lots of times insurance companies pay for counseling. You have a copay, maybe a deductible, but maybe that's doable, Mm -hmm. you know, or there's also free services. There's also mental health centers that have a reduced, um, fee based on your ability to pay, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's options out there for counseling. If money is really an issue, like, he refuses to let you go <laughs> yeah. to, like for money reasons. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think it's one of those is I need to do this for me. I need to start having value in this relationship. I need to start having a voice. I need to learn how to set boundaries. All this takes time, but setting boundaries of you will not treat me this way. I will not allow you to treat me this way, you know? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when we start doing that, all hell breaks loose. So I always tell clients, this is going to get worse before it gets better because he's not going to want to change anything. He's fine. Well, he's perfect, remember? Yeah, just ask him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything's fine. So how dare you start like setting boundaries and not allowing this to happen or whatever. Also, I really work with clients of not getting emotionally sucked in. Mm. You know, don't allow them to control you emotionally. They are not in control of your emotions. Mm -hmm. You are you know, and there's a lot of different things I do. Imagery things. Like I said before, I love imagery things and I have people image a great big basket of eggs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know this may sound weird, but you know, if you closed your eyes and you pictured a great big basket of eggs, so make sure this basket of eggs is something that you image every time you shut your eyes and you think of your eggs. Okay. Every egg has an emotion written on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Positive, negative emotions written on it. Okay. Your job in life is to keep all your emotional eggs in your basket. If you allow someone to have one of your emotional eggs in their basket, who has control? Yeah, they do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what is that feeling of walking on eggshells? When we walk on eggshells, what do we feel? That damned if you do, damned if you mm-hmm. don't, nothing you do is right. Right. And mm-hmm. who is in control? The other person that's right. making you feel that way. So in we, I, in therapy, I teach people we don't do eggshells. Anytime we are in a situation where we find ourselves walking on eggshells, yeah, we're out of control. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is in charge. And that's hard to learn to do that. But even in healthy relationships, we keep all of our eggs in our own basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, therapeutically, I would, I would really stress going to counseling. Also, there are codependent groups. Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. I just had a client recently start going to a codependent group that she found online. 
Like on a Facebook? Uh huh. Yeah, actually, it was site. on Facebook. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was looking at codependency. I don't know how she found it, but she just told me a couple of weeks ago that she had gone to her second week, and it's a group where she's going in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine there are some online, but this is actually an in person group, and she's loving it. And she's almost 60 years old. Oh, good for her. Uh huh. Like, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sure, honestly, if you were stuck enough and needed to just even have a group of people that could listen and give advice mm-hmm. and teach, honestly, in that search bar in Facebook, because mm-hmm. I know just based off like when I was pregnant, I would type in like mom groups. And then there was a whole like, they'd list your county of state mom group. And yeah. then there's all these women in the same dynamics going mm-hmm. through the same trimesters. Yeah. And you had that that support system mm-hmm. of, you know, the people going through the same stuff. So maybe one thing she could do is on Facebook, type in a codependency group. And she might honestly get an entire right page where her husband wouldn't know she's on it even, that she could get advice. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that might be a very, it's not therapy. It's a, start. It's a mild form of help, but... Yeah. It's at least free yeah. help that he mm-hmm. can't control at that point. And also just realizing that, okay, I'm in a situation that's not going to change until I do something different. And oftentimes codependent people feel totally powerless. Mm-hmm. Like I can't change. I have no avenues. I'm stuck. And realizing that, no, you can change. There are things you can do. So there's, you know, a lot of good books. One that pops out for me is a book that's been around forever since the Dark Ages, I think, before Dirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, Back Dirt then. was, yeah, it was being mm-hmm. invented. Yes. Being, yeah, yeah before, about that time. Before water. But mm-hmm. it's called uh, Codependent No More, and we can put a link to that book. Okay. And I think, I'm thinking about that because I just had a client come in this week reading it and saying, oh my word, I think I'm on every page. Okay. Yeah. So that one just popped up for me. But there are a lot of self-help books, books Mm -hmm. on codependency, things you can even find online and start going, okay, I don't have to continue to live this way. If I'm miserable and I'm unhappy, I can do something about it. But one of the things that narcissistic people like to do is keep that control. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to change because, you know, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever they do isn't a problem. Well, one thing that she might be able to do too is where it's a control on money of she wants to do therapy, she wants to do this, but it seems like if she was to spend money on that because it's his money, it's going to be a problem. A problem, yeah. You know, and maybe right now, especially take advantage of this COVID environment, she may be able to find a part-time gig that she can do at nights or while the kids are napping or she has some in school and make a little extra money that he may not even know about. Okay. And that might give her an option to pay for her own therapy right. sessions that he really doesn't get a say in. But what if he does know about it and she says, I'm choosing to do this and you can't control me and I'm doing it when it's not interfering with my duties as a wife or a mother and I get to do this for me. Yeah. And because of this, I'm going to go to counseling and use my own money. Look how empowering that would be if she honestly just said, I'm doing it and I don't care what you think or what you say, but I'm going to choose to do this. Yeah. Because it's healthy and it's not hurting anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, if you feel powerless because somebody has control of money, you mm-hmm. know, 
honestly, I, I know me as a mom, a lot of times my husband and my kids are asleep and I'm awake for two, three more hours, just yeah. de- unwinding, just being, I'm yeah. a night owl that way. Mm-hmm. I could easily work during that time and right. make a little bit of right. money and no one would even know I'm doing it. Right. There's so much work yeah. available online now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good, that's a good point too, is take control of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, but just, I think realizing for her, I would say, you know, start understanding what codependency is. Maybe start understanding narcissists. I don't know in that little bit, she said, if he's a true narcissistic personality, but just what the little bit she shared, he's very controlling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she seems to be like, walking on eggshells, like she said, Mm -hmm. you know, so in that situation, we have to realize, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to run out and get a divorce, but we also don't need to continue living like that. Yeah. And you don't need to live like that till the kids are 18. No. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, I hear (laughs) so many people say that, well, as soon as the kids are grown, we're going to, you know, I'll probably leave or I'm going to make, make a change. It's like, well, see if you can change it now. Yeah. Do it now. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. everyone, you know, I think about it this way is if everybody's walking on eggshells, if she is able to make a change mm-hmm. to that dynamic, her kids are going to be happier. Right. Your kids are happy when parents are happy and when there's not contention in the mm-hmm. household. And even if there's not knockdown, drag out, screaming fights, kids can pick up on oh, feelings. If the kids are getting blamed for stuff, like she said in there, it's either her fault or the kid's fault. Mm -hmm. So my guess is, again, reading between the lines of this one, is that he has some probably anger episodes and it's directed towards her or the kids. Yeah. You know, because it's their fault. So, you know, kids are going to feel that way. Yeah. And the other thing is if you start making changes, this is what I tell clients all the time, look what you're modeling for your kids. Yes. You're modeling for your kids that you do not have to stay stuck in an unhealthy relationship. If mm-hmm. you're miserable, figure it out or get out. Yeah. You know, but you do not have to go year after year after year being miserable, unhappy, depressed, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of options out there. Yeah. I think people are in divorce. I'm not advocating for divorce. It worked great in my life and my situation. And I think everybody has come out happier. It will come. I'm sure we'll have an episode on, you know, my kids and co-parenting and stuff. But, um, I think just modeling, like you said to your kids that you make your own path mm-hmm. and if that is divorce, fine. You know, if that right. is going mm-hmm. to counseling and your husband's pissed, but he's going to have to get over it because you're going to do you and right. better your yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Great. But mm-hmm. I think either way, just sitting back and being walked on mm-hmm. is going to create generational. Oh yeah. You're behavior. modeling. Yep. 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 And then mm-hmm. pretty soon your daughter's 25 years old, married, and she's married to a narcissist. Oh, yeah, a guy just like her dad, and you're just thinking, mm-hmm. and that does Shit. happen. Yeah, yeah, it we does. we do it. See it go on generational because it's learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, I have a lot of clients that are very codependent, and we get talking about, it and they go, you know what, my mom was, you know, the same way, 
and basically learned it from mom. You know, we, we learn from our parents because it's all we have to learn from. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, all we have is our mom and dad. We did not grow up next door with somebody else's mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And we're not blaming our parents, but they have a great influence on us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they do. So yeah, model what you'd want your kids to do in that situation. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think that way a lot with my kids of if, they were going through this in their life. What would I want them to do? Right. What advice would you give them? Yeah. Yeah. And what would I wish for them to have or wish for them to do? And I I actually, you know, and not, not any certain dynamic, but even just work, education, school Mm -hmm. relationships. I honestly think a lot about how I would want my kids to see. Yeah. What you're modeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do in the future. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's all they've got. Yeah. Is modeling what their parents do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this yep. was a really good question. I'm glad that we decided to dive into this because yeah, I think a lot of, of people can relate. Yeah. I think even if you're not doing it in your or living it in your own life, you can be like, oh, yeah. Oh, you probably know someone yeah. that this fits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Susie down the street. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, again, we want to invite you guys to send in more questions like these. This is great. Yeah. And I think it's intriguing and it's fun. And yeah, I think, you know, just because, again, it kind of goes back to school. Like, there's no stupid question. If you're thinking it, someone's thinking it too. (laughs) And I think it applies here too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're thinking, I don't know if this applies. Don't be afraid. Send it in because odds are it's Mm -hmm. a common thing. Right. There's more people that it probably fits than you realize. Yeah. You know, you're not alone in these situations. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. So we definitely didn't get into our anxiety, but eventually we'll get there eventually. Yeah. It'll be there. Yes. Anxiety anxiety always comes back. Yes. It's not (laughs) going to go away. It'll always get you. (laughs) All right. And just remember that this was not a therapy session. Karen. 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 (laughs) Remember this, Karen. This doesn't count. So hopefully if you're listening, Karen, that gave you some ideas and some insight in which direction you can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Or different directions that are options to go. Yeah. yeah. Some stuff to think about at least. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for writing in. That was awesome. Yep. We appreciate it. Okay. So on that note, we're not going to tell you what we're getting into next week because uh, we don't know. There we're we go. going with the flow here. We'll see if something else comes yeah, up. Yeah, if someone has another question, great. If not, you might hear about some anxiety. <laughs> we don't know. Sounds good. All yeah. right, well, we will catch you next time. Bye.